How many of you believe that we are living in very perilous times and there's not a whole lot of hope left for this world? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. One of the things that I have noticed in preparing this program every day is the news and how it has changed, how the topics have changed over time. I've also noticed how people have have changed over time. I can remember living in, let's say, the metropolitan New York area in Long Island. People were friendly as a rule. People didn't steal as much from stores. People didn't flip you the bird when you're driving your car. Honestly, people seem far less angry than they do today. Where we live in Florida, good example. I've been around the state of Florida for over 20 some odd years. And where we live in Florida now, people look at speed limit signs in residential neighborhoods and frankly could care less. They're busy getting to their homes. So 35 becomes 45, which has now become 55. And yeah, you'll find people doing 60 in residential neighborhoods. There's something to be said about this age in which we live. Now, I know evil has always raised its ugly head over the centuries since Jesus walked the face of the earth. But I'm seeing something different. Even in a metropolitan area, people were not as, shall we say, self-centered. 2 Timothy chapter 3. How many of of you have read this chapter lately? I'm going to read some verses to you. Beginning at verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy. We've seen that. People boasting, proud, they blaspheme God openly on social media. They don't care. They have no conscience. Children today, because parents have not taken the responsibility of raising their children, they're following all this new age nonsense And so children become greedy, self-centered, and thoroughly disobedient. We need a time out. That doesn't work. Then we see also in verse 3, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fierce, despisers of those that are good. Look at the fact checkers on social media. You talk about anything decent or Christian, you are condemned and even deplatformed. Now, they are also traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Look at our own nation. We have traitors that are leading the United States, there are traitors leading nations all over the world. They're heady, they're high-minded, lovers of pleasure, their power. And they invoke the name of God, but they do it in such a blasphemous way. Oh, God loves abortion, don't you know? Kathy Hockle from New York. 
having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away for this of sort they are which creep into houses lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with divers lust ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth look at how much money is spent on college education to indoctrinate people where they can no longer see the truth their souls and their conscience is seared now today guest host jim calhoun is going to come to the microphone and and discuss many of these same issues but you know we do have hope and that hope is in jesus christ and also the power of prayer thanks bob and as usual it's great to be back on truth to ponder i really enjoy my stints here as guest host because I'm getting to meet an awful lot of really nice people through the email. And so I really appreciate all the people who are sending me emails. And a lot of people are listening to my show. And so they have my email address through my show. But if you'd like to get in touch with me through Bob Bierman, all you have to do is email Bob at Bob at Truth Bob at Truth And he'll forward all that email to me. Now, last week, I recorded the show one day before the massacre happened down in the school in Texas. And what a horrific event that was. So I'm going to take this opportunity on this show to address some things that I really see happening in this country that I think that we all need to pray about. Because first and foremost, the power of prayer is probably the biggest power that we have. Because if we call on Almighty God to intervene, now everything has to happen according to God's will and not our will. And so sometimes you don't think your prayers are answered when indeed they really are. And other times we just don't know what to pray about. But I really do believe that prayer is the answer all the way across the board. And with that said, I want to address some societal problems that I see. And I do think that we've entered into such a dark age. And when I was growing up, you didn't have to lock anything. Everyone was on their honor. And back when I was growing up, a lot of people had honor. The only way that someone would come in your house uninvited is if they had a very dire emergency and they wanted to use your phone. And then they would leave a note and tell you that they actually came into your house and used the phone, and more than likely they would apologize, even though it was a dire emergency. But those days are long gone. But why are they gone? That's the question. What has happened in our society that mankind has been trying to grow society for hundreds of years, thousands of years? And it seems like that a lot of the preceding generations were getting a little bit more, let's say, refined. I'm going to use an example of the mid-19th century as opposed to the end of the 19th century. This is a perfect example. Now, out where I live, it was kind of the Wild West. My place is only about a mile or two from from Buffalo Bill's Ranch. And out here, we had all sorts of cattle drives, and we had the 
the bar fights and we had a few gunfighters and so forth. And a lot of the people that you read about in history passed through this town, such as Wild Bill Hickok and Buffalo Bill Cody and, and General Custer was active in this area. And so this was the Wild Woolly West back in the 1860s, 70s, and 80s. But then a new generation came along. So what did 1895 look like as opposed to 1875? Well, 1875, they were trying to establish law and order. In 1875, there was lots of vigilante justice. There was lots of people that just kind of did what they wanted to do because there were no laws against things like bottling something up and saying it was good for you and it was actually a poison. They'd have a medicine show and they'd sell things that, like sugar water that didn't work. There were no laws against any of this fraud. And so lots of people committed fraud. And then also back then, and I'm going to touch on this throughout the show, there was a lot of drug use, a lot of opium that was in this area. Matter of fact, the entire world back in the 19th century was very much well aware of opium. And you had a lot of towns had an opium den. And it was openly ran, and everyone knew it was there. And I don't know if it was legal or not, but nobody did anything about it. And so you had drug use, and then you had people who were addicted to laudanum and some of the early pain-killing drugs and morphine, and they used it freely and openly. And even back in the day, Coca-Cola had cocaine in the original recipe. And so everything was pretty well wide open. Fast forward to 1895. 1895, we were on the dawn of having the airplane, the internal combustion engine. You had all sorts of civic groups start, like all of your Eagles clubs, Elks clubs, Moose clubs, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, the Odd Fellows, Rotary, Lions, all of these fraternal organizations and organizations that were trying to help people were started by the children whose parents were part of the Wild West. Their parents were the homesteaders and the cowboys and the gunslingers and the early railroad people. That was who their parents were. But the children wanted law and order. The children wanted a better world. And so I think it was probably one of the biggest examples of our society taking a step forward as far as refinement in the history of this country anyway. There might be other periods that are even more profound, but I think this one is very profound. Well, fast forward this to the 1950s. In the 1950s, we seem to have reached the zenith of all of the efforts of these people in the 1890s, established all these worthwhile organizations to help people. And still in the 1930s, 40s, and early 1950s, people actually dressed to go places. People wore uniforms. Society was pretty well structured, but it was structured in a way that everyone knew the golden rule. They knew right from wrong. And it seemed like everything was perking right along. But what happened? The children of the 1960s 
the ones that went to high school in the late 1960s, all of a sudden were confronted with LSD and acid, heroin, all sorts of drugs. The drugs have always been around. Back for years, there was opium problem in this world. And I want to touch on that quite a bit later on, but I'm just trying to paint the picture where I'm going with this show. What happened in the 1960s that took our society down a road that we're still on, but now we're so far down the road? And if you want to look at it like two roadways, one of them leads to a nice meadow where the sun is shining and there's butterflies flying and there's flowers and it's just a pleasant place to be, a nice cool breeze. And the other road takes you to a very rough and rocky place where nothing grows, where nothing is civil. Everything seems to be tearing at each other. And it's very much a hostile type of a place where you're at. Well, we were on the one road. We were on the road to, I'm not going to say total peace and tranquility because mankind has never known that. But as a society, we didn't have to worry about our children being shot in schools. We didn't have to worry about things like that. And you look at events like the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, that happens every week in Chicago. There's more people in Chicago every week get gunned down than this massacre that everyone knew about because it was so heinous back in the day when you had a handful of people that got shot and they were all criminals. They were all part of the the underworld gangs, and they were shot. Then you have a killing and robbing spree like Bonnie and Clyde. And those people became extremely famous because it was so rare. And now the, and now Bonnie and Clyde wouldn't even make the national news. They might make the local news, but they wouldn't make the national news, not unless it was an extremely slow news day. And so what has happened? Why have we went down this road? Because definitely we're not on the road that we were on. That's obvious. All you have to do is look out the window and see what road we're on. You look out the window and all you see is rocks and barrenness and coldness and waste. And you think, well, wait a minute. We were on a road that you had nice grass and you had nice trees and a, a beautiful day. The sun was shining, and now we're on this road, and it's almost pitch black. But what you can see is is real ugly. So what happened to get us to go down this road? Well, this is just my opinion. But I think I can back it up just by the history that I know. And I'm going to go back and touch on the opium again, because I think that's really where it started. Now, when you look at Great Britain, you look at England as, as a whole, England has always been divided between the Scottish and the English and the Welsh, and then also you have Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, and Northern Ireland. And basically, that was a country of serfs. A lot of common people still live in the United Kingdom. But you had a ruling class that was very small, and they're still there. The royal family are descendants of these people. So how did this small, almost insignificantly sized island 
How were they able to rule the world? How did they accomplish that? How were they able to control large regions of China and Asia? And they controlled almost all of North America and also Australia, New Zealand. And there were large parts of Africa that was controlled by the British. And back in the day, they said that the sun would never set on the British Empire because they were so vast and so big that there was never a place on this earth that didn't have the sun shining on it that was controlled by England. So how did England accomplish that? Well, in a large part, they did it militarily. But they're a small country population-wise as compared to India, which they dominated, and China, which they dominated, and all the other regions of the world. And they'd have to be spread so thin that they no way that they could have enough troops to protect the entire empire. And so they had to rely on people that lived within the empire to be part of the British military. And yes, I'm going somewhere with this. But how did they control the population? Well, by and large, they controlled the population by getting the populations pretty well hooked on drugs. You get a population that is hooked on opium, and that's the drug of choice that Great Britain used. And you have the population that's pretty well out of their mind on drugs, and all they care about is their next fix. And so they didn't care what the rulers did as long as they got their hit of opium, then they were fine. And that's the real power of the British Empire is drugs. They introduced opium and other drugs into the population, and they got a lot of the population hooked on these drugs. Now, you fast forward to the United States. What happened in the 1960s? Well, we had a cultural revolution, but actually it was a coup. We had the Soviet Union and other communist countries do their best to try to corrupt our whole society. And how did they do that? Through drugs. And so you take the average high school student from 1957, the biggest thing they got in trouble for was chewing gum in class, and then you have a high school student in 1967, and you still had a lot of nice, good kids. I'm not saying that everyone was a drug addict. But you had a portion of the society that they were on acid or on some sort of really heavy, some heavy mind-altering drug like LSD or another substance like that. And then it became, quote-unquote, cool to be addicted to drugs. You weren't with it. You weren't part of the, quote-unquote, jet set if you weren't taking all these drugs. And so all of a sudden, what was bad was now good. And the good kids did not take any drugs. Well, they were square. They weren't invited to parties. They were pretty well shunned. So how did that spring up out of the parents? The parents of these children were born from the 1920s into the 1930s. 
and they were raised right for the most part. And yes, they went through the Great Depression, and that did alter the way they parented because they did without as children, and they didn't want their children to grow up and do without like they did. And I do understand that. And then we had what we called the greatest generation, the ones that fought and won World War II and also built this economy into the marvel of the world as far as economics are concerned. But as parents, now I don't think they failed. I think they were good parents. I think that they were going through something like we're going through. They were going through a time where there were things behind the scenes happening. You had drug pushers at the schools. You had a lot of things happening. And also, it's documented that the CIA and other government agencies did experiment with people trying to see what, how they would act when they were totally out of their mind on these drugs. And so some of this stuff was pushed even by our own government on our own people. And so you had parents that trusted their government and trusted everything that was around them. But under the surface, there was perking this very much evil thing. And of course, the head of it was Satan. But you had all of these people trying to raise their children to be respectful, productive citizens. But on the other side, you had a force, a force of evil, that was trying to take those children away from these parents and make them anti-God, anti-family, anti-establishment. And the anti-establishment movement was really big in the 60s and 70s. And I find it very ironic that some of the quote-unquote hippies from that era that were extremely anti-establishment are very much for the lockdowns and very much for the forced inoculations. And so these children of the 1960s, they were imprinted with all of this evil. They're so easily controlled that now these people that were quote-unquote anti-establishment are the establishment's biggest fan right now. But yet they still think they're rebels. They think they're still rebelling against something when in fact they're just being used. The term useful idiot really comes to mind. Now I have friends that are useful idiots. We don't get along very much anymore because they don't agree with one thing I say. But I think they've been brainwashed. I don't hold it against them. I think that they just succumb to all of the propaganda and everything that's been pushed for generations. But I think what we have here with this school shooting down in Texas is we have a young man that was very, very messed up. And the more I find out about the things before the shooting, and I'm talking sometimes years before the shooting, they knew about this kid. They knew that he was trouble. And he was doing all sorts of things. He was self-maiming himself by cutting himself. And he was bragging about killing people. And he was showing people his weapons. And he just has this demonic look of insaneness. And everything about him was totally insane. You could just tell by looking at his life. And his mother, from what I understand, is a drug addict, and so she was never there for him. And the only influence he had was his grandparents. And, of course, his grandparents were trying to push 
some semblance of civility at him, and they were trying to make a man out of him, and he resented that, so he ended up shooting his grandmother. And when he went to the school, there was several windows of opportunity to save those kids, and law enforcement really dropped the ball from what I understand. I'm still studying that, but it's sad all the way around. And you can say, well, society let this kid down. And yeah, you can blame society, but don't blame the society that we the people built. Blame the society that was pushed on us by the government agencies, whether they be in Russia or United States or China or whatever entity was trying to corrupt our whole society. Blame them because that's where the roots are. But yet lots of people like to say, well, that's a conspiracy theory. Well, anybody that wants to look at things and think, oh, it's a conspiracy theory, if that's all they want to do is think everything is a conspiracy theory and so they don't believe a word you say, they just stick their head back in the sand and they continue on that road of the hard, dark, horrible, evil road that we're on. Because until someone grabs the steering wheel and first steps on the brake and stops us going down this wrong road and then grabs the steering wheel and turns us around and puts the pedal to the metal and takes us the right direction, things are not going to get better. And even then, we're so far down the road, it's going to take us an awful long time to get back on that road that has sunshine and green grass. It just is. And so I don't know if I'm going to live to see us back on the right road. Now, ultimately, I want Jesus to come back. Actually, I want Jesus to come back anytime. I'm ready. And that would put us on the right road instantly. But if mankind has to put us back on the right road, then we have to have some leadership come up from we the people that's not out of this corrupt I call them corruptocrats. The Republicans and the Democrats are just, they're just corrupt. There's nobody that's going to come from that ilk that's going to turn us around. They're making way too much money. You look at what's happening in Ukraine, lots of the reasons that they're defending Ukraine so much is because they're using Ukraine as a home for biolabs and also they're laundering money through Ukraine. And so they really don't want to save the Ukrainian people. They want, to, they want to just save their money laundering operation. And I hate to be so cynical, but that's what it's going to boil down to. That's what history is going to say if mankind survives long enough for someone to write history of this era. But it goes back to there's an evil force, and the evil force is using all sorts of drugs. Now getting back to this young man, he had all sorts of problems. He didn't know who he was, and he was very much a social outcast. But there are people that actually worked with him that tried to help him out and tried to steer him in the right direction. Talk about falling through the cracks. Law enforcement seemed to know about this kid. The school system knew about this kid. Lots of people knew that this kid was in trouble. But nobody did anything about it. And that's part of the second problem we have. And the second problem is, is that we look at insanity now. 
and we do not call it what it is. And on the other side of the break, I'm going to pick up where I left off. And this is Bob Bierman again, and Jim Calhoun will be right back in just a moment. I want to thank Jim for helping out. It has been a very busy time, as you know, with my wife and I, the work we did in Florida, now making some changes in our life going forward. But you've been faithful, and Jim has been faithful, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you can help us stay on shortwave radio, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. And mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Number 3248, that is our secure box. And the city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The little-known mystery of Pentecost now revealed. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection. And get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on getting a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, you ever wonder why the Spirit came the day it did, or why they spoke in tongues, or why all those people were baptized? Well, it's rarely taught, but to understand it, you have to understand the law of the Bikorim, the first fruits. It's this. When you want to dedicate something as holy to the Lord, you offer up the first part of it. Before you harvest your land, you offer up the very first fruits to the Lord. And the first fruits represent and stand in for all the other fruits you will reap when you reap the rest of them. So when you consecrate the first fruits, you're consecrating the entire harvest, all the fruits to come. So before the summer harvest began in Israel, God gave Israel a feast of first fruits in which they'd make holy all the things that they would reap in the summer harvest. They do it by offering up the first fruits. The feast was called Shavuot. In Greek, it received the name Pentecostes or Pentecost. On that day, they'd wave the first fruits before the Lord of the harvest. And this is the mystery of Pentecost. By that, they would consecrate all the other fruits. The Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, God was offering up his first fruits of the harvest of the age, of every soul, every life that would come to salvation. Every tongue that was uttered that day stood for every soul that would come to God from every tongue and every nation. So if you ever wonder whether God really accepts you or whether you're really declared holy, you don't have to ever wonder again. God has declared it. He's shown it. He sealed it 2,000 years ago on the day of first fruits, Shavuot, Pentecost. You are received. You are accepted. You are counted in and declared holy. So now live it, my friend. Live it by the Spirit of God. Want more? Ask for Secrets of the Harvest. Now, imagine being plugged into a special line that lets you in on future events, the news behind the news, biblical prophecy, updates on Israel, and what you need to know as an end-time believer, and teachings and strength for every day of your week and the incredible mystery of the temple doors all free. How do you get all this? Easy. Remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. Call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. 
I invite you to join with me to reach the unreached peoples of the world in the most incredible way from Moscow to Madagascar and even Jerusalem. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111 in Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. That's Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Now, until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend in Messiah, Roeha Tov, the Good Shepherd. Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Bierman today. And I really do appreciate Bob having me guest host because that is a great honor for me. And so I really appreciate you listening. And Bob Bierman will be back tomorrow with another great episode of Truth to Ponder. So make sure you keep supporting Truth to Ponder and make sure you keep supporting Bob Bierman and his ministry. Because I think that if there ever was a time when the world needed a program like Truth to Ponder, it is now. As a matter of fact, I think that's the main reason why God put it on Bob Behrman's heart to come out of retirement. Because he's the right man at the right time. And as I said in last week's show, we're not put on this planet randomly. We're put here at this time for a reason. And I truly believe that. Well, the first half of the show I was talking about where I thought that the drugs were a big problem because drugs have been used for centuries to subjugate populations. And I don't know if this is truth or not because this was just a soldier that I talked to way back, probably 30 years ago, was telling me that he was part of an experiment in some little town in Appalachia. And it was a town that just had one road. The road didn't go through the town, the road went to the town. And so nobody would go up and down that road unless they actually lived in that town and they were headed to a larger area to go shopping, then they'd go home. And he claimed that he was part of a military experiment to see what would happen if they got a whole town hooked on LSD. And he told me that his job was to crawl the water tower. And what they did is they had a public water system, they had a water tower, and he would dump LSD into the water supply. And he told me what happened and how long it took. And he said within three days, nobody wanted to work. And he, was very, and he told me he was very ashamed of what he did. And he just wanted to get it off his chest. He was basically confessing to me. And so I don't know if that was true or not, but. I would have to say that I believe the man because of his attitude and how he told me in his body language told me that he acted like a very guilty man with a very guilty conscience. And he was not proud of that event at all. And so it seems like every once in a while I have someone that wants to come up and tell me something like that. And that's kind of where I'm going to pick things up. We're not being told the correct history on a lot of things. 
There's an awful lot of people who have been villainized through history that were just doing their job. And the perfect example was General Custer. Now, I'm not standing up for General Custer because he did some very evil things. He did a lot of genocidal things. But I think that he was certifiably crazy. And I think that's why he was demoted. And he was just had enough name recognition. They didn't want to kick him totally out of the service. But I think he was expendable. So they gave him orders to keep the Indians from escaping from the main force. He was supposed to go north of the main force of Indians. And if they tried to escape from the main force that was supposedly coming behind Custer, then he was to stop them. And he was told he was not really going to see any action. So he was just a guy following orders. He ended up getting massacred, as did his men. And so he's been demonized and vilified for being this horrible commander when, in fact, he was just a soldier obeying orders. And he followed his orders to the letter. The only thing that happened that he didn't know is the main force turned around, went back, and didn't tell him. And so Hollywood had to do is send a courier on horseback and catch up to Custer and his men and tell him, hey, the operation is off. But Custer had no idea that he was out there by himself. And that's part of history that's never been told. That's a part of history that's been lost, that people think that he was out there looking for glory when he was really just a soldier following orders. Again, I'm not a fan of General Custer, but I like to call things as they are. But I think we've been told an awful lot of things that are true, but they're not. And so if we base everything off of ignorance, like let's say that we're taught one plus one is three, and then we become a mathematician, but yet we still think one plus one is three, I would say that almost every scientific equation we would come up with would be flawed, because somewhere down the line we'd have to add those up, and that would skew the whole results of everything we're trying to do and would put everything off. And so if it had to be a precise mathematical formula, I really don't think there's any way to form one with that kind of misinformation. And so right now we're looking at society and we're looking at all of the things that's happening, but we're going off of misinformation. We're being told that it's the guns that are killing people. And then we're being told that it's the big gun lobby, the big gun corporations. Well, I don't know if people realize this, but a lot of the gun makers have been sued out of existence and others have been have to relocate because they're really not wanted in the state that they're at and they've been taxed to oblivion. And so there is no great big corporate gun lobby like the Democrats say. Now, there is a big corporate big pharma and other groups that they happen to really like, but the gun lobby in Washington is not strong. And the NRA is not near as strong as they used to be. And so they're making a straw man. And they're trying to say that you're supporting these big evil corporations if you own a gun. But they're not looking at the real problem. And one of the real problems is that along with getting our children to be addicted to drugs, you also had the sexual revolution. And then you got this, if it feels good, do it mentality. And so now you have a lot of children that are being born through this free sex movement. And you have society collapsing. Being a mother and a father no longer is what it used to be. 
And so they took all of our institutions one at a time and they cracked them and they broke them. We have drug addicted people and they're practicing all sorts of free sex and there's no commitments. There's no really true love there. It's just animal instinct at this time. Now you phase in what's good is bad and what's bad is good. And I think we can all agree they were extremely successful at changing the narrative of what's good and bad. Because people like me that try to use common sense and try to see where society where, in my opinion, where it needs to be as far as civility and love and caring and trust and so forth. I'm looked at as like this dinosaur or I'm looked at as this really odd person. You know, I think there's two genders. And so if I would say that in front of a group of young people and say, well, there's two genders, uh, I would really be accosted. I would be shouted down. And so we have all this disinformation, and that's another part, but I'm not going to go there quite yet. I'm going to get back on to the drug use. A lot of people that use drugs do eventually go out of their mind. I've met three or four people that burn their minds out with acid and LSD, and they don't act anything like they did before they started using. And I've met people that are strung out that would do anything at all. They would even kill someone for you if you would give them a hit of their drug of choice. They didn't care. It all boiled down to their getting their drug. And so there's all sorts of things that happen within the mind. And I remember back when they released all of the people out of what they used to call insane asylums. And now you can't use that term, insane. And that supposedly was a really bad part of our society is we had people that were insane locked away from the general population. Now, while that was abused, I know there were people that were not insane that actually were accused of it for political reasons and financial reasons and so forth, revenge, that were unjustly put in these places. I understand that. But by and large, most of the people that were in the insane asylums needed to be there. But now you can't say anything is insane. You look at this drag queen story time where you have a 400-pound man with a big pot belly and a beard dressed in a tutu with pink hair putting a four-year-old on his lap and doing all sorts of sexual things while the kid is on his lap. And you have the parents watching this, and they applaud it. They think it's good that their child is being exposed to, quote-unquote, alternative points of view. I've seen videos of that just makes me actually physically ill. And so for me to point out that a 400-pound man with a beard wearing a tutu with pink hair with a young child is not quite right, that makes me some sort of a bad person. But then I look at the parent, and what parent would hand over their beautiful child to a monster like this? I don't know. You see, everything that's bad is now good, and they've got everything mixed up. Then you have people that don't know what sex they are. I watched a video the other day of some young people that they didn't even know there were 50 states in the United States. They had no clue about anything. And it was very disheartening to see these 
kids that were about 18 years old, that when they were asked, what's three times three times three, all they could do is say, dude, that's too hard, dude. It's like, oh, come on. And the one that really got me was when they asked several people how many eggs were in a dozen, and all of them said the same thing. They said 10. So they're products of our failed school system, but they're also products of the ignorance and all of the disinformation that's out there. But what I see happening is that we have all sorts of people who are insane that are walking the streets. And back when people used to be sane, as far as our leadership, they would take these people into custody, not so much to keep them from harming other people, or they didn't take them into custody because they were arresting them because they did anything wrong. They were protecting all of the population against a mind that might do something evil. But more than that, they were protecting this person against themselves. Because people who are insane do hurt themselves. They commit suicide. They cut themselves. They do all sorts of things that are not good to themselves. And so they don't care anything about themselves. A lot of them don't. And so why would they care about you or me? They don't even like themselves. Then you have people that all they do is brood and think about everybody that's wronged them. Then all of a sudden, everyone in the world has somehow slighted them or wronged them. And so they have to get even with the world. And so they pick up a gun or a knife or whatever they have, and they start hurting people or murdering them. And so not only did they get our young people hooked on drugs, they changed the narrative to where if you do have someone that's brain damaged from drugs or they have other psychological issues, you no longer can say this person needs to be put away now, you do have people that are ordered by courts into different lockups and so forth because of psychological reasons, but that's not as common as it needs to be. And then several years back, they decided that profiling was against the law. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If anyone would have profiled this young man that killed all the people in Texas, if they would have profiled him, they would have caught his illness very easily, because almost anybody, and I'm not trained at all, but just from what I've seen and what I've read, he was just a walking beacon that he was just like he glowed in the dark saying, I'm a problem. I'm going to do something very evil. I think anybody that came into contact with this young man would have had the same feeling that he was capable of anything. And so we have a society that is taken and normalized, and also plotted and cheering on insanity. Again, I got to touch on the gender thing. People that think that there's an unlimited amount of genders, they're not only brainwashed and they're ignorant, but some of them are absolutely insane over the idea. There are people that are making up their own gender. And they're trying to claim rights for their gender that they are. And they claim to be the only one. And so we're losing our English language of what gender actually is. So they're assaulting us on all fronts. Now I'm going to get on to the disinformation. You take young people whose minds are developing. 
and again, you fill them up with one plus one equals three, you're going to get someone that thinks flawed. And the people who are satanic, these New World Order people, the agenda, all these people that have this evil agenda, Agenda 2030 and all the other agendas they have, they're very clever and they're very smart at what they do. And they've also covered their tracks by anybody that exposes them is now a white supremacist. So if I would come out and say that 400-pound man with a beard is not a woman, when that 400-pound man with a beard that's fully intact says he's a woman, guess who's wrong? In this climate, I'm wrong, which is, again, insane. And so you have all these people that are doing all these evil things, but they can do it in the open. And if you criticize them, then all of a sudden you're the bad person. And that's why I think that we have to rely on prayer. We have to rely on the power of God because we're on this rough, rocky road. And I hate to say it, but it's a road to hell. That's the road that society is on. And I said last week, it's time that we jump ship and we got into God's economy and we got into the kingdom of God. And I really do think that all of the nations of this world are right now controlled by Satan. And I think I can back that up if you just look at their actions and see what kind of policies that they're embracing and all of the things they're trying to tear down that are actually good for society, such as the family unit and other things like that. And then the disinformation's being used to really keep everybody confused. So there's already anarchy everywhere. People have been kind of waiting for anarchy in the streets. Well, we don't need any anarchy in the streets because it's in these people's heads. Anybody that doesn't know there's 12 in a dozen or anybody that can't answer simple questions like how many states we have that are graduating from high school and graduating from college and these people are voting and these people are having children and they're not teaching their children. I was watching a news clip of some young women who just absolutely sickened me that the only reason they got pregnant is so they could have an abortion. And so we have people that glorifying killing babies other than having babies and nurturing them. Right now, nurturing humans is wrong. It's bad. And then you have this war on carbon. And then you have people that are dumb enough that are going along with it. Don't they realize that all life forms on this planet are carbon? You're carbon. I'm carbon. The trees, the grass, it's all carbon. We're all carbon-based life forms, but yet they want to have zero carbon on the planet. Now you think about that road I say we're on that has no, nothing growing. It's all dark and it's evil. That's exactly what these people want, is a very dead world. And God made this world full of life. When you look at Genesis and read all about creation, it's all about creating wonderful things and creating life. But yet mankind has been tricked and coerced away from good. And you have people that embrace evil. And I look at the names of businesses 
You have names of businesses that have toxic or evil or wicked in the title of the business. In the town nearby to me, they have a business called Toxic Graphics. Is that supposed to make you want to go in? It's toxic. And then also in the same town, they have a gas station called Wicked Fast. And I see that everywhere when I travel to larger cities. I see businesses that are run by younger people that seem to have evil connotations they put in the name of their business. And then you look at some of the tattoos people put on themselves, and it's evil. It's very dark. So we've very much entered a dark age, and it's been normalized. But it's nothing new. The British did it back years ago when they were putting together their empire. They knew to subjugate the people was to lie to them, was to bully them, and to keep them all drug addicted. And so I think that nothing new under the sun is really happening. It's just done with people with lots more money that are a lot more evil on a very much larger scale. And so what do we do about it? Again, we pray. And I know people out there that don't really know the power of prayer. They think, well, that's really not doing anything at all. We need to defend ourselves. We need to go after these people. We need to get with it. We need to get physical. And while I understand that line of thought, I truly do, that's exactly what these people want, because that would be the last thing that they would need to declare all sorts of martial law and come in and take all of our rights away. And I know some people are probably thinking, well, we sit here and do nothing. They're going to take our rights away anyway. And I have to admit, they're right too. And so the real answer really does not lie with mankind. The Bible says, if God's for us, who can be against us? And so I would say that what we need to do is redouble our efforts to join the kingdom of God and put our allegiance and our time and our effort towards the kingdom of God. But I'm not going to ever accept a mark, the mark of the beast. I will not be a part of any of that. And if it means my life sometime later on, then that's what it means. I'm very comfortable with that decision. But there has to be a time where mankind has to understand that they were created by God for a reason and a purpose. And they need to find what that purpose is, and then they need to do it. Because if everybody would buckle down and really serve the kingdom of God right now, I think we could change part of the world. These people who are totally controlled by Satan, I think that they have a one-way ticket, and I think they're going to spend eternity with their father, Satan. But we can do our best to shield our families. We could homeschool our children. It's been several episodes since I've really harped on it. But in the wake of this shooting down in Texas, I know it could happen anywhere in a gas station or a grocery store that you, ha you can have a crazy that's out there that's unhinged. But they've got the schools right now to where they're gun-free zones. And that's one reason they're targets. These deranged people that want to kill a lot of people know that they're going to kill a lot of people before they're killed because no one in there ha is armed. So I think the answer to that is to, is to have armed guards or arm the teachers or have somebody that's armed in the school. 
I'm sure there's lots of people in law enforcement and ex-military that are retired that would probably work on a volunteer basis in their local schools if they were asked. And if these kids that are deranged know that they're likely to not be successful with their plans of having this mass killing, maybe that's enough to thwart them right there to where they'll think twice. But a lot of them are out of their mind because they're useful idiots and their brains have been filled with all sorts of lies and things that are not so. So I think as a people we need to pray. I think we need to turn to God with all of our heart and all of our soul. And so society needs to call it like it is. If we have a young person or an old person that's insane that needs to be locked up not only for our good but for their good, this young man would be alive today if someone had taken him and institutionalized him. There'd be a lot of young children still alive today. You can say, well, take away the guns. Someone like that is going to pick up a butcher knife. And if he doesn't have a knife, he's going to pick up a club. And if he doesn't have a club, he's going to pick up a brick. You know, where does that stop? We have to look at the real root of the problem. And the roots of the problem are we have way too much drug use in this country. We have way too many people who are criminally insane walking the streets. And everyone wants to be politically correct. And they don't want to call it like it is and say, this person needs help. Let's get him off the street. And the answer is not in politics. Again, the corruptocrats aren't going to do anything for we the people. And so in closing, I have to say, turn to God, put your attention on God's kingdom, and stay in prayer. Pray for our country, pray for this world, pray for each other. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Truth to Ponder. And I want to apologize not only to Bob Beerman, but to all the listeners. I have been mispronouncing the town that you mail the check to. I've been saying it's Clearview and it's Crestview. And I had a listener send me an email, very nice, and corrected me. And I went back and listened and, well, you talk about embarrassed. And so I looked at what I wrote down in the studio and I wrote it down wrong. So I was wrong when I wrote it down and I just never corrected it. And so if you'd like to support Truth to Ponder, your support would be greatly appreciated. You can send in a check or money order. You'd write the check to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 3248, and I promise you I'm going to give you the right town, Breastview, Florida, one word. Crestview, Florida, the zip code 32536. And once again, thanks again for listening to Truth to Ponder. Bob Beerman appreciates it, and I appreciate it. And so until next time, everyone, stay in prayer. Seek the kingdom of God. Keep your powder dry. And once again, I got to say, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com.
ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.